0: You're listening
1: to the Stay Bright Podcast. In each episode, we promise you'll find tools and resources to strengthen your faith, strengthen your mind, and give you confidence to shine. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Our topic today, Human Not Hypocrite, is an exciting one that Angie and I have discovered quite a bit about We want to remind you as we go into our discussion and conversation today to please be thinking about someone that you can share this with. We would really appreciate that. And also, we want to hear from you, our community, our strong, healthy, vibrant community. If you have a resource of any kind that you would like to share with us around Human Not Hypocrite, please link it in the comments section on our Facebook page at Stay Bright Movement.
0: Well, the whole reason we wanted to talk about this topic, we were thinking about our self-talk, the things we say to ourselves when we're in the process of improving. And we can be our own worst critics. And when we're growing into better versions of ourselves, we don't always inwardly speak kindly about our progress. So we're talking about hypocrisy, not so that we can, you know, dissolve any moral responsibility for our wrong actions. But to give ourselves allowance and space to grow without shaming ourselves every time we aren't always perfect at it. So today we are coming definitely from a compassionate place. We aren't trying to point out any hypocrites in the crowd or have you decide if you are or aren't a hypocrite. We know you aren't. Obviously, you're here listening today trying to improve yourself. We are all trying to be a little bit better today than we were yesterday. And that's why we are talking about the relationship between being human and being a hypocrite. I had some questions that kept running
1: through my mind as I was digging around looking for research or journal articles or any kind of academic support of this idea that we're human, not hypocrite. And some of my questions were, are we hypocrites as humans? Are we just innately hypocritical? What does it even mean to be hypocritical? And does it matter if we are? And if it does matter, why does it matter? So I don't know. These are some of the things that I was thinking about. But I wanted to start with where this word comes from. And boy, if I could go back to high school or college, I would study Greek and I would study Latin. This the roots of these words that we see in our English language are it's so interesting to understand from a, an origin. The word hypocrite is rooted in the Greek word hypocrites with a K, which means an actor or stage player. Hypocrites is actually a compound noun. It is made up of two Greek words that literally translate as an interpreter from underneath. Very odd Definition, but the compound makes more sense when you know that the actors in ancient Greek theater wore large masks to mark which character they were playing, and so they interpreted the story literally from underneath these masks. This Greek word eventually took on an extended meaning to refer to a person who was wearing a figurative mask and pretending to be someone or something that they were not. It then evolved into a religious context, and it referred to someone who pretended to be morally good or pious in order to deceive others. And eventually by the 16th century, the word gained the spelling that we all recognize with the C-H-Y-P-O-C-R-I-T-E. So today, typically, we accept a more general meaning of the word as being a person who acts in contradiction to his or her stated beliefs or feelings. A meaning that showed up in the early 1700s. So we might view a hypocrite or even ourselves as a person who pretends to be a certain way, but really acts and believes the opposite. A person who says that they believe certain things, but then doesn't, doesn't really hold true to these things in order to conceal you know, our real feelings or motives. There were a couple words in one of the original definitions that I've already mentioned that really stood out to me. And those words, someone who pretends to be something in order to deceive others. So most of us, and there are exceptions, of course, but for our audience today, most of us are not trying to be hypocrites. We aren't hypocrites. We aren't pretending with the intention to deceive others. Most of us, I believe, are learning, growing, we're discovering, we're changing and evolving, we're transitioning, we're metamorphing. Is that even a word? I don't know, but you get my point. We are changing from one form or nature into a completely different form or nature. And this is a good thing. We are pushing ourselves, we are transforming from something less
0: mature into something more mature. I think this is really the heart of what we're trying to talk about today. I think we talk about ourselves and we judge ourselves as if we should already be the most mature version of ourselves. And so our performance on a daily basis is judged against what a perfectly mature, developed person would do. That's where we get into trouble because then we start saying, oh, I'm such a hypocrite. I'm such a hypocrite.
1: Yes. Our actions aren't always in line with our greatest hopes, but that is okay. Okay. Am I a hypocrite if I was a vegetarian for five years and proclaimed and taught the health benefits of being a vegetarian to others, and now I am a meatitarian? <laughs> I, or am I a human who has struggled with some really funky physical symptoms for a lot of years, and I've discovered finally that I need a diet that has more animal
0: protein and fat? Yeah, um, we as people can be really intense about what other people are eating. Have mm-hmm. you noticed that? Oh, yeah. I've noticed that. Like, I do watch people if they say they do one thing. Even in my own mind, I'll think, mm-hmm, not eating that way today, are you? <laughs> oh, well, I have plenty of examples of that. <laughs> I'm that mean person. I'm that mean person. <laughs> yeah. Am
1: I a hypocrite if I teach tools for more happiness in our podcast a couple weeks ago, like I mentioned, and then promptly have an emotional meltdown? Or am I just human because life gets intense sometimes and I'm learning how to take walks and breathe and work through some of that? Am I a hypocrite if I teach my children to not yell at one another and to choose a better way to handle their anger, but then I yell at their dad? Or am I a human feeling angry and not having the tools that I need or being bound to tools that are polished enough or healthy that I choose a better way to
0: process the emotion? And your children will call you out. <laughs> Mine do. I've never had anyone in my life call me hypocrite except for my children. <laughs> right. And it's always true to the mark. It really is. And, and if I'm yelling loud enough that they're so scared to
1: even... Say anything at all, I can see the word hypocrite written on their eyeballs that are about the size of (laughs) silver dollars. (laughs) Yes,
0: I think kids are our most clear, clean mirror, reflecting back everything that we've taught them. And then when we don't, they let you know. That's right. Boy, that power of example. We'll have
1: a discussion on that at some point. Am I a hypocrite if a friend asks me again about my nutritional habits and then I gobble up everything I just told her to avoid or that I avoid later that weekend? Or talk about how not eating gluten has helped me with headaches, but then at the wedding shower I'm at that weekend, I'm chowing down a piece of cake. Or am I just a human trying to make the best decisions I can at any given moment? Am I a hypocrite if I teach in our podcast how to bust through buffers and then pop some pills later that evening to sleep? Or am I a human who just is consciously trying to make a decision to help myself when I haven't slept in several days. I am saying this right now, we are not hypocrites, but we are sincere humans striving to be the best people that we can be trying to improve each day. We are humans trying our hardest with earnest and sincere desires to learn more tools and skills to truly help ourselves. We too often confuse what I'm calling true hypocrisy or maybe the original definition of hypocrisy, that idea of pretending in order to deceive. We too often confuse that with being human and our efforts as humans to not only talk the talk, but walk the walk, which requires us to fall down and to learn and to grow. But when our walk doesn't align with our talk, a valid question to then ask ourselves is why? Are we wearing a mask like those ancient Greek actors? And if we are, that's just not a good feeling. So something that we can do to feel more aligned with our true authentic selves is to take off the masks. I found this incredible blog post by Pastor Charles Pope of Holy Comforter St. Cyprian Roman Catholic Church out of Washington, D.C., He says, There are many people who live their life in a desperate search for human approval and applause. They discern their dignity and worth from what other human beings think of them. They are willing to adapt themselves often in dramatic ways to win approval. They are willing to play many roles and wear many masks to give the audience what they want. They are like actors on a stage who seek applause or perhaps laughter or approval. Thus the goal of such a person is to be seen. They are on stage and seek to ingratiate themselves to the audience and win applause. Hence, they engage in some action in order that people may see them. It is clear that this is ultimately very sad, a lonely actor on a stage performing whatever role is required in order to win approval from the current audience. Their inner core or deepest self is repressed and replaced by the demands of others. This is the true heart of and description of hypocrisy.
0: I thought it was interesting that he used the word lonely, Mm -hmm. a lonely actor on a stage. I tried to think about why he might use that word. And it feels like when we aren't being our authentic self, that we're not really connecting with other people because you can really only truly connect with someone when you're being yourself. Yeah, it is virtually
1: impossible to see that person for who they are if you aren't representing yourself accurately. Right.
0: And even if you're outwardly included or accepted by people, you're not really because you know that's not really who you are.
1: Mm -hmm. So the bottom line, are we seeking the approval of others? Are we changing our masks to feel important or seem like we are better than others? Are we seeking to be who we think someone else wants us to be? Are we changing our masks to feel the approval of what we think that others want or need us to be when that approval needs to come from ourselves? It comes from our God, from our maker, and from our healthy value systems.
0: Yes, and the question we really need to ask ourselves is, why do we feel the need to have to put the mask on in the first place? And why aren't we comfortable being our authentic selves? As I look back over my life, some of the most obvious times I was wearing a full box, a full box of masks was when I was in transition. You know, times when you're making new friends or moving into a new congregation, trying to fit in. And this sounds like something a little kid would do, but this is something a grown woman did and does. You know, just those times when I'm trying to gain acceptance. You know, I picture myself in the book clubs and the girls night out groups and, Having conversations or processing ideas that don't really align with what I really feel, but I thought it was what the people might want to hear, and I just so desperately wanted in this new transition period to have a place that I was willing to put on all kinds of masks just to find a niche where I could be and people would accept me. So then, you know, I would go home after these conversations or these experiences and have some more processing time and ask myself, why did I say that or why did I do that? And there would be this bad feeling from having that mask on. So I think being aware of these transition times and being extra diligent to be yourself, especially when you're thrown into a new job or a new congregation or a new place, be yourself, especially during those times. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Especially during those times. It's so
1: easy and we because we do crave and want that acceptance so badly what's the catch is that that authenticity which is really what we want on the bottom layer rather than the acceptance we want the authentic acceptance someone to really like us for who we really are it's so easy though to feel like let me play this role and let me let me play that role so that people will accept me and I'll I'll find my place, right? Right. Instead of just being, I'm going to be my authentic self and then I'll find my authentic people. I This song keeps popping in my mind and you know it so well. There There was, well, Angie and I are huge fans of Brandon Flowers. That's
0: how I knew we were going to be friends.
1: <laughs> That's right. She posted something one day on Facebook and said, Brandon Flowers and his his lyrics and music, I can sing like to no other, you know, who is your person that you belt out in the car to? And I thought, what? How do I not know this about my friend? This is crazy. I know every song and every lyric. But this um, song of his, I Can Change, the lyrics come to my mind. When you're out of luck, I'll be what you're looking for, even if it's not who I am. I can change. I can change for you. I can bend. I can break. See, I'm almost singing it. I can bend. I can break. I can shift. I can shape. Blaze a trail through the driving rain. Girl, I can change for you. I can change for you. There is such a thing as shape-shifting. I think it's an interesting thing to think about. Why do we, in front of others, just change our viewpoints a little bit here and a little bit there, Again, this pastor who wrote this blog so beautifully, he says one way this seeking approval of others can be harmful is that we may make self-destructive decisions and even go to extremes to fill that need for approval from others. And I think we so easily can see this in in the teenage years right, with our children or our children's friends desperately wanting to be part of a group that they will do extreme things or even destructive things to
0: fit in. I have an experience with this as a teen, and the reason I'm sharing it is because it illustrates so perfectly how we can do things that are totally against our nature and our experience and everything that we've ever done in the past. We'll do something totally crazy out of left field because that drive for acceptance is so strong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I remember when I moved to this little town when I was in junior high, I didn't have any friends. I was trying to find friends. And I finally found this little posse of friends. And one day after school, there was this girl. And she was a girl who got teased a lot. She dressed a little differently. She looked a little differently. And this new little group of friends that I had just found some comfort with uh, gathered around her and were starting to bully her, basically. And I joined in enthusiastically Mm -hmm. not and it felt wrong the whole time my Mm -hmm. brain was screaming no my heart was screaming no i was trying to talk myself into thinking yeah she really deserves this or you know and i just knew i just knew in my core this is a bad bad thing and that experience has haunted me haunted me all the way into adulthood and the happy ending to this story well i mean (laughs) we can call it happy Was you know her life surely she had to carry that all those years and and I did too and that was just so unnecessary I, I was able to contact her in adulthood I looked for her for years you know back in the early 2000s when they had that classmates.com and all of those kind of weird websites that sometimes worked and sometimes didn't as far as finding a long lost person finally i found her on facebook and was able to apologize to her and tell her there was no excuse for that this is why i did it and it's not an excuse and i'm so sorry so sorry i ever did that and she was the most gracious kind person she wrote back to me and said you don't know how much that means. And and this is not a story to say, oh, wasn't I so nice that I apologized for bullying someone mm-hmm. 20 years ago? This is not a story to say, look how nice I was. This is a story to that. The part of this story that I like is how gracious that she was in forgiving me and saying it really means a lot that you took time to apologize for that. Um, that was really hurtful. That was really hard. And that was a hard part of growing up. And it means a lot. And I don't feel any more pain over that now that you've apologized. I wish I never had to apologize. The point to this whole story is don't do that in any way, shape or form to find acceptance.
1: And Pastor Pope goes on to say that even as adults, we will often compromise our core principles in order to fit in to be liked, to gain promotions, or even to earn access. As Christians, we sometimes will hide our faith and play this role of a secular modern in order to win approval. Sometimes we act deceitfully to please a boss, or we will engage in gossip or any other number of behaviors in order to, you know, to fit in with this
0: group. So though our intention is not to be duplicitous or two-faced or deceitful, we do have to be aware enough to know that we do wear masks, and the best and most authentic version of ourself is when we take off those masks. Take it off,
1: yes. Now, another issue that may come up when we label ourselves as hypocritical is that we can inadvertently withhold our good from the world because we fear what others will think of us, or we fear others will view us as hypocritical. Okay, here's an example. So chew on this for a minute there. There's a study where some researchers were looking at corporate behaviors and habits. And they noticed that there were several reputable companies that had received these big recognitions and awards for for being like ecologically friendly, for having sustainable materials, for meeting certain social and environmental standards, and having responsibly sourced materials. Okay, so these were recognitions that if these companies promoted that about themselves, in theory, it would gain more acceptance from their audience, right? It would be a way for their their patrons and their clientele to say, wow, yes, this is who we want to support. So it was a good thing. It was a very good thing. But these researchers noticed that these big companies were not promoting these certifications that they had got in. They, they were not promoting this good thing that they had. And they were kind of scratching their heads and saying, you know, why are why would these companies not want to boast this about themselves? Because it's going to help with the approval of their... You know, their clientele. But what they realized was that there was a significant correlation between hypocrisy or being viewed as hypocritical and putting good out there into the world. So, one concrete example is that GE launched a campaign called Eco Imagination, and it was a self proclaimed commitment to environmental leadership. But because they had previously been one of the five largest producers of toxic chemicals in the world, Their stakeholders felt that it was too hypocritical, and they actually withdrew the campaign. They felt like it was a direct contradiction to what they were actually doing.
0: Oh, that is so sad. I'm trying to think, like, this would be like if IKEA made the commitment to use all like recyclable plates and cups but because they still use unrecyclable Mm -hmm. silverware oh forget it we're just not going to do anything good because people will say yeah but your forks aren't recyclable
1: and ikea was actually one of those companies oh what really Uh uh-huh yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) of course it was So I'm just trying to think about how this example of withholding good because of the fear of hypocrisy would relate to us in our everyday lives. We're not living a corporate life. Well, maybe some of you are. Maybe some of you are in a boardroom somewhere. But for me, uh, in the minivan with chicken nuggets under the seat, how does this relate to me? And I just, you know, we might feel like we're not allowed to change or to improve or to talk about a certain thing if we have ever struggled with it in the past. Or that our past actions aren't aligning with what we're trying to become. Or if we are still struggling with something to, you know, talk about trying to make changes. You know, sometimes people think, I can't talk about this until I've mastered it. And that is just Mm -hmm. so... What is that? How would you categorize that? You can't talk about something you're trying to do unless you're really good at it. Well, I think that's what they're saying here
1: is there is this deep-seated fear of being viewed as hypocritical, which is overpowering to the good that we actually know we have, to the good that we actually know we can put out there. It's, it's overpowered by this fear of being viewed as
0: hypocritical okay. or by thinking ourselves that we are hypocritical. Okay. So I follow this person on Instagram. and I don't know how I feel about this. Let me see how you feel about this, Christy. He says, you better not post a workout photo unless you have consistently worked out 14 days in a row or else you are a hypocrite. Ooh,
1: ouch. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Which I don't know if you're the, you're, you're not the type of person who would post a workout photo anyway, no, I but I am. No. <laughs> I am like, ooh, I worked out today. Check it out. And I think maybe it just comes down to your intentions. Am I trying to make everybody think, I am a steady Eddie, I work out, I have this all together in my life, or am I just really happy for myself mm-hmm. that for one day... I pulled myself together enough to exercise and I'm feeling really great and I'm trying to pro- like promote some momentum in my life and I just want to celebrate a win today. I think promote your own momentum and encourage
1: others. Hey, you know, I can do it. You can too. It's Yeah.
0: Yeah. So maybe the fear of doing good because of the judgment that may come, you can just squash that by looking deeply at your own intention. Why am I sharing this? Why am I talking about this improvement I'm trying to make? Is it to deceive people and make them think you have it all together? Or are you really just trying to inspire and share and be connected with people who are also trying to be better?
1: Yeah, and on the receiving end of that, like we talked about, giving ourselves and each other the benefit of the doubt, saying, I do not think this person's intentions are deceitful. I, You know, they are trying to learn and grow and improve just like I am.
0: Yes, and some people are more innately gifted at looking at people through the lens of generosity and pure intentions and some people have on these grimy sunglasses some people meaning me sometimes (laughs) (laughs) where there must be a motive for everything that someone's doing or they're you know they're they're faking or they're not really like this and I think we'll be happier people if we try No matter what, no matter what, to always look at people and hope for the best and just believe the best of people. Hope
1: hope their intentions are pure. That's beautiful. Yes. And so as we look at these things that we've discussed today, realizing that we can take our own masks off, that we can help others take their masks off by... Creating an environment that's comfortable for them to share and to grow in.
0: Holy cow, that is so Mm -hmm. powerful. That idea that if you are comfortable being yourself, it is so obvious. And it's inspiring for other people to just be themselves too. Do Do the same and show that love and acceptance for them.
1: And then also to put your good out there. Don't fear being viewed or your intentions being misinterpreted and hold back the good that you can put into the world.
0: We're so glad that you joined us today, and we look forward to another discussion next week on this whole topic of human, not hypocrite. Going to share some tools with you from a spiritual perspective about how to get into faithful action as opposed to living in paralyzing guilt. Until then, everybody stay bright.